Good afternoon, everyone. This is Kareem Hijazi, the creator and host of the Introverted Iconoclast. I've got a topic today, not quite as esoteric as my last one, which was about hermetic teachings and the Kabbalion and a few other things which were really interesting, but uh, this one's a little more uh, down to earth, proverbially, right? We certainly uh, can get into some interesting waters. And uh, like clockwork, I got my, my bro here to jump aboard, Ryan. You'd think we plan these things. We honestly don't. <laughs> but uh, great to have him here. So I'm going to hop, bring him up, and we can kick off this conversation. Hey, <laughs> I already heard this as you were coming on, man. I said, people must think we plan these things. We honestly don't. People must think we, we actually do plan it. You don't. I've That's right. I've hermetic philosophy book. I've got it. Oh, you did? Excellent. Yeah, it's Excellent. right in front of me. Awesome. Yeah, it's a good book. It's one that, you know will uh take it's it's heavy you know as as i think uh yeah. josh josh was well, saying i'm, and I'm quite an academic so i i can handle it there you go perfect yeah. well good stuff man well listen couldn't be a more perfect uh topic to talk mm. about than this one for you and, right. and uh uh hey my assistant and i don't want to stray from the talk because i hate doing this in the middle of these talks where we're, they're going to be listened to but i did my my assistant did hit see the linkedin message you sent she said i need to go look at it so i will I will do so, Ryan. So we'll, yes. we'll make sure we, we get to that. Um, so very quick, uh, dig dig the well before you're thirsty. You know, n not a not an um, anything I made up here. This is something I've heard from others in the past, but I thought it was a really interesting. It's not as simple as it probably sounds. It, you know, when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, don't procrastinate. But yeah. then then as I sort of dug into it, and I've had this thing. You know how you know how phrases sort of show up mm -hmm. you know this we talked about the other day where they kind yeah. of keep manifesting in front of you time yeah. after time in proximity yeah. and you're like all right all right i heard this now from like four people in the last like three weeks mm -hmm. and it, as it relates to macroeconomic situations that people are going through mm -hmm. um a variety of other situations where people mm -hmm. feel like preparation is key it's yes. really interesting because think about mm -hmm. the visuals around this this mm -hmm. is not just about storing up uh, grasshopper ant type of stories. This isn't about <laughs> storing up food per se. No. This is about a reservoir that you need to be able to find yep. that is essentially always replenishing itself, but it's more of a discovery situation. Mm -hmm. What I'm dealing with right now, which is I'm not trying to simply stockpile. Mm -hmm. This isn't really what I'm getting at with this narrative. I'm trying to go down a path of where do you find a well that is forever springing you know forth with new things whether this is a physical concept or a mm -hmm. metaphysical concept what's yep. up daryl how are you brother um i i really found it interesting the more i started to think about it i'm like mm -hmm. there's a really interesting concept around a well which is mm -hmm. it, it's sort of a self-replenishing resource that you simply mm -hmm. need to be able to identify and target <laughs> properly otherwise you're you're kind of digging aimlessly which right. is what people feel like in their careers a lot i think right you know as you relate to folks in yep. your conference that people yep. seem lost they seem to be digging they keep hitting pavement uh they dig 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 <laughs> pavement, pavement, pavement this is one of those very interesting things about targeting a reservoir so to speak well one I would say is we all, every human being has a, a well that is forever existing, will always flow. I think mm -hmm. people get uh, overwhelmed with life because they're trying to compete with something. 
rather than actually just living life from the where they're at. Sure. I think it's also very important to recognize that there are ways in which you can reach that well. But yeah. it's also a sense of self-awareness that you have to say that I'm not competing with anyone. So that's the first thing you need to get rid of, mm-hmm. um, of thinking that you have to compete. Because a lot of people think they have to compete. And it's all yeah. about the hustle. It's all about that. And no, it's not. It's, it's... So if I were looking to the well for myself, I would probably go to the beach mm-hmm. um, to, to replenish. Mm-hmm. Because I, that's where I feel the, the most happiest when I'm near the beach. Right. Um, you know, it could be Sandy Beach, Pebble Beach, doesn't really matter. In in the UK, we don't have real beautiful beaches. We don't have very beautiful mm-hmm. beaches, but, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. As long as I'm near the, near the ocean, I'm, I'm not really bothered. Um, and with a book, good book, that will get me back into replenishing. And just being outside in nature is always good. I like to have a little bit of, you know, of me time and not, not be around anyone. Sure. So that would be how I kind of dig deep. Uh, I think it's hard to dig deep when you're busy all the time or you're oh, trying yeah. to you're you're overthinking and you're trying to create a sense of balance when it's not possible to do it that way because you're just yeah. too much too many distractions so i try to take away the distractions um and also i think when you're sort of dig the well before you are thirsty i think it's just, well we really shouldn't be feeling thirsty at all we should always feel sure. like we we are replenished all the time i feel replenished all the time Mm-hmm. And I feel very, very grateful, but it's taken me a long time to get there. No, it's a very good point. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I didn't even realize it as I was reading this. I completely subliminally <laughs> gamed myself here because it, I wrote dig the well before you're thirsty and then a guideline for living well. And what's so ironic about that yes. is that it it was it was two things. Figure out what makes you fulfilled before right. you get to the point where you're yeah caustic or perhaps full of resentment and animosity, which is maybe the equivalency of thirsty, right? Yeah. Because the guideline for living well is about being more at peace. Like you've said, Mm -hmm. you know, finding this harmonious nature of Mm -hmm. things. And I I really found it interesting because when I, when I wrote that, I certainly didn't intend it that way. I'm going to certainly leave it now that, now that I found that Uh, I'm pretending to be more clever than I am here. Oh, Um, please. No, but honestly, it's funny because (laughs) as I read it, I'm like, that's hilarious. If I could have read it that way originally, I could have led with this. But I think that dig what dig, you know, what you find to be your your contentment and fulfillment. I had a very hard time, Ryan, for years and years, man. I really not surprised. I'm not surprised. Fulfill me in any any way. So I'm not surprised um, because your because your journey from everything that I know there's lots of things going on in there in oh, all yeah. that all that all those timelines and all those there's different expectations and self-sabotage and you know and, and oh, overworking yeah. and, and all the rest of it so i can understand that it would have been not easy and i certainly for my, myself was in the same situation um but then you know it's quite funny because i'm actually watching uh, on youtube um this couple called uh, who did this modern house cabin you should definitely watch it with with brandy Mm-hmm. Um, the modern house cabin where this couple just basically went off grid oh nice piece and they because they're both architects they basically built a cabin oh beautiful <laughs> and farm and everything yeah. and- you know it's it's funny you say that because there's a there's a youtube series i watch as well it's called sailing the vagabond have you heard of it uh, yes and i love that couple yeah they're amazing they're amazing and they're you know on the level we're so on the level yeah yeah and i think i think that 
in order to and Jason, please do not have a go at me because he knows when you say I think I'm, I'm using a filler. <laughs> You're allowed to say what you need, Ryan. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, but it's um, <laughs> it's so in my brain now. Um, uh, digging the wealth because before you are thirsty. I think that happens to a lot of people when they are working in sort of high intense jobs. Sure. And mm. it's really difficult for people to kind of find that equilibrium and balance. Right. I, but you have to really, really work hard to be mindful of your body, where you're at, how you feel on the inside. Um, and so that you're constantly replenishing where and when you can. Yeah. I think it takes, you have to be actively doing it. You can't just go, oh, yeah, I'm going to be digging the well uh, and mm -hmm. I'm going to be flourishing. No, you're not. Because when you're out in, in the world, you it's very hard to kind of maintain that balance. I, for one, stepped away from all of that. I didn't, you know, I rarely get in contact with lots and lots of people. Mm -hmm. um, I do most of my work from home. I, you know, everything I get done, I get done at home. People find it quite surprising how I do that because... But everything I use is technology design. It's like that's what I do. So sure, sure. it's not it's not difficult. But I do think that we all need to find a way to replenish, and that can be through music. It can be through the things that get us out of our head. Mm -hmm. I don't know for 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 you, Krim, it might be just going off and having a read of a book. Right. You know, like the Kabbalion, which is not like a small read. It's like a heavy, hefty read, right? I mean, that's. Sure. Um, but digging the well before you are thirsty, a guideline for living well. Is there a guideline? Well, it in its own right is. That was my whole point. Because I think what you're what we're looking for here, or I'll speak for myself, what I'm looking for is this, <clears throat> this sort of resource that you know, isn't something yeah. you can't, it's not, you don't not maintain it. And by the way, you got 30 right. seconds here and I do have Daryl coming up. So please, yeah. please yeah. hang tight. Yeah. Um, yeah. But really what's key is it's, it's not about something that you just don't maintain. This isn't about hitting the lottery and mm. like that could be the proverbial well to certain folks, right? Because yeah. this eternal like sort of stockpile of cash or whatever, mm. which is really mm. in the furthest thing in, in the reaches of my mind mm. to make me happy. But, I, but I think it's more about a resource that's renewable, but you have to keep, tabs on where it is and what's happening mm, that's right cool. well so, i'll be back I'll yep be back. please come back up ryan what, <laughs> wonderful to have you guys here so i'm going to bring up daryl i haven't talked to you in a little while and then wendy and then we'll bring ryan up as well great crew today so thank you guys for for joining this is one that i'm likely going to put up on my podcast if we can keep the timing daryl how are you buddy Hi, Kareem. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. It's been a little while. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. I hope all is well and you're in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so um, I love the idea. We actually, our house is on a well. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, you have to be careful with your well, right? You, you, We uh, don't use any kind of chemicals uh, to kill weeds or anything like that above the well. Yeah. Like, we want to protect that well, right? And I, I think the same thing goes with our mindsets of, you know, a, of abundance and scarcity and sustainability mindsets. Sure. Um, I, I really believe that, um, you know, when I do things, I don't want to, you know, build my 
planning with the failure in mind, right? Mm -hmm. But you mm -hmm. also want to be careful. You want to have a backup plan to your backup plan, right? At the same exactly. time. So, um, but uh, but as far as you know, living you know the woo woo life of just plain abundance and everything's going to take care of itself isn't the way I roll either, right? So right. It, it's sort of that that fine balance of you know planning for that rainy day, having the backup plan, but not planning a plan for your failure because I think that that kind of messes with you as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I think a lot of times we we take our uh, the the norms of the way we look at the stock market, the way we look at um, tangible investments like real estate and things like that. We literally, I see so many people make the mistake that thinks that it's always forever, it's and they so put right. a lot they put a lot of eggs in these baskets and things like that, and they think they're all set and they got everything right. But I, I sit back and I say, wait a second, but what about this vulnerability? What about this that has happened in history? Right. What about this that just happened in 2008, right? We go wow. back and we say, this has happened in time, you know? Yes. And so, so are you resilient to the fact that, um, you know, your assumptions may be your detriment? So right. So right, actually, Daryl. You know, it's interesting when I read this over and over again, there's another aspect that you just said of the trigger to thought, nothing would be worse. Well, you know how, you know how you go to the grocery store when you're starving and you buy all kinds of things <laughs> you probably shouldn't be buying. Emotional. Yeah. Yeah. It's an emotional purchase. It's, it's reactive. It's certainly not preemptive or, or premeditated. Similar to this situation. The whole concept here is that I've seen a lot of folks get to a point in their lives where then they get into a frantic state of trying to achieve something in a state of, of, again, being frantic, or there's a paranoia that they're running out of time. And I think that's the whole concept here is that, you know, if you can, because think about this in literal terms, if you're really thirsty, and you have to dig a hole deep enough to get to water in the desert, mm -hmm. you will start to get frustrated if you don't hit water within the first, you know, few, you know, minutes of digging, and you might move the location, start digging again, you have all these little pits everywhere with no real hole to water. And you may be just inches away from the real thing, but you just, the, the, the frantic nature of the being doesn't allow them to stick consistently with a, an approach that allows them to survive. Mm. And I think that's, what's interesting is because if you allow yourself get to, to the, get to that point, you've, you've put yourself in a bit of a tailspin mm. where you're not, a, you're not rational enough to make the decisions or, or the method, have a methodical approach to the success of it, which I think is interesting. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for having onboard wells. In other mm. words, your ability mm -hmm. for self-defense, your ability to think through problems and solve things, right. like all of these sort of, you know, sharpnesses that we can work on when things are calm and easy to mm -hmm. get ourselves ready so that, you know, if we, if we do have to go into action, I know you've done it for yourself and your family. Right. Um, if we have to do things, we, we, we're, we're more prepared, you know, it, yes. we, we're more prepared for, you know, if we have to make food off of the land that we're living on or, you know, what it is that we, we do, you know, to sort of, uh, get ourselves to that, you know, next stability point because <laughs> exactly. things will get unstable things at some point always do does at some point and um i'm not a big proponent of buying out the gun shop and just you know arming sure. up i'm not going to be a human art you know one man army right. um that's not my thing but 
Um, I do think that um, that onboard wells, like where you've built in your resources, like people you can connect with that can help you out, yes. um, the, the way you've sharpened your skill sets uh, so that you can pivot at any moment if something goes haywire in the career path that you're on, you know, all of the things that you can build internally yeah. is so much better than relying on external things like the stock market or your housing uh, investments and all of the, you know, tech and things like that that you've accumulated. A lot of that stuff, as you know, I mean, a, a gamma ray burst or whatever could totally fry all of our electronics, yes. the whole internet, everything, right? Absolutely. So, so what, what will you have then? You'll have what you have on board. You'll have what Absolutely. you have as you. That's right. Yeah, no, I think this resiliency concept around survival and you know on on a variety of levels i think because you're you're bringing up really excellent points around especially in today's world i mean look you know i literally just got back from driving around outside and watching people angry at the gas station just a few minutes ago just watching this and you know there's a transient nature to this it will come and it will go it's just the when that's the problem but you know these are people that feel like they absolutely have no recourse it's mm -hmm. interesting and you know to your point um it, it's not a bad thing to start reminding ourselves that we're very resilient creatures fundamentally. It's just about being patient and calm and sticking with a plan, right? I think that's what we're also getting to here. You know this from a technological standpoint too, Daryl. It's like if you do not plan out what you're going to achieve when it comes to some of the platforms that you know you and I both kind of pursued, it's a cluster. I mean, if you don't have a good, you know, in, at least in the coding world, you know, either some sort of agile or waterfall framework for getting mm -hmm. something built, mm -hmm. it becomes a mess. And you know, you get this modularized mess of things where you don't have a good <laughs> cadence for your development cycles. And it's very similar. And it's an interesting, I never really tied that methodology to life. But now that I'm talking about it with you, I'm like, you know what, that's not a bad thing. Because there's a certain, you know, cadence and expectation to have a certain goal met by a certain time. People don't usually do that uh, if they don't have a need. And I think that's being able to get to that place before you have the need. Yeah. And then when you said waterfall, I, I was thinking about those poor people at the gas station getting yelled at. And at what point does it really start to get dangerous for the people working there that they just right. say, we're going to close this thing down. It's not yeah. worth it to, uh, nobody wants to work for us because you're being so offensive. Right. right. I mean, the waterfall of what you just said, like, you know, from the gas station to the, you know, the things we take for granted on a day-to-day -day basis yeah. when, when, when crime or kindness or whatever comes becomes an actual um a threat to commerce and to everyday like a safety and health and welfare right that that waterfall can affect so many different corners of what you thought was stable before so and true. yeah so there's so many secondary and tertiary conflict um you know things but I, I think you're absolutely right i think we have built a society that think that the external is our enemy and really what it is that your lack of working on the internal that's the enemy that's right and also this this is something that's much deeper than what we get into in, in the few minutes you have left i've got wendy to come up but if you can come back please do daryl i gotta tell you this is directly proportional to the immediate gratification that people have become absolutely accustomed to in this day and age especially younger folks unfortunately there's just mm -hmm. such a immediate you know, gig culture <laughs> or gig economy, as they call it, you know, with Uber and, and, mm -hmm. and DoorDash and Uber Eats and all that, where there's just absolutely no, like, 
my little guy goes to a restaurant and the minute we order, the waiter hasn't even, we haven't even lost sight of the waiter before he goes, where is it? I'm like, good Lord. <laughs> we just ordered it. Give it a second, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and he hasn't had to think about that. It's just something that's become such an immensely strange way that everyone's been indoctrinated into just having an immediacy with everything. So this is also tied to this as well, which is that let's get to the point where we have some, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a good gratitude to be had by putting good effort towards something that then you can really have a good gratifying glass of water after you've done some hard work. It's much better than just kind of being, well, you know, nothing there. It's like, eh, take it for granted. Yeah. These are kinds of things where our schools should be teaching, like having gardens and things like that for right. students to learn the whole process of feeding themselves, uh, to create healthy food that they know is healthy. Absolutely. Right. And all of these kinds of things. And, you know, none of this stuff should be political. It really should be just so about, you know, showing people the process of nature and how things work in the, in, in life so that you can actually be tooled to handle yeah the rest of the life that you're going to live. I mean, you're going to be an adult much longer than you're a kid. So thank you. Kareem. True. Yeah. Thank you for the time. You got it, Daryl. Great talking to you. Always a pleasure. Really great conversation here, guys. So I'm going to bring up Wendy and then Ryan's uh, hanging tight there. Thank you, Ryan, for, for sticking with it. Um, I haven't talked to Wendy in a little while. Hopefully the app is cooperating here. And there she is. Hi, Wendy. Hi. How are you? Good, good. Um, you want to say hi? Hi. Hi. <laughs> That's my grandson. <laughs> hey, how's it going, buddy? Hi. Say good? No? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> He's, shy. He's shy. He's watching, Um, what are we playing now? YouTube. Yeah, we're watching Fortnite on YouTube. So oh, there you go. Yeah. We were just yeah. Talking to Brian and I were talking about some couples that uh, one of the one of the ones that he talked about a, a small house uh, or tiny house couple that he was referring to I have to get the name of it when he comes back on and then that sailing la vagabond if you haven't seen that wendy they're they're a really fun couple to watch they're sailing all around the caribbean and they they cross the atlantic together and two little kids on on board with them um they're a very inspirational couple to watch um but yeah and it's interesting you know every time we have these conversations and some of the folks bring up the concept of self-sustainability. I do think of you because I know that you do that. Aww, uh, we do. We garden. We do all kinds of stuff. That's what that's that's the things I teach my grandkids. You know, right? You know, because I all I feel like that. Um, my generation. Um, and I'm 58. We're kind of the bridge. Um, because you know my grandparents came from the Depression era. Sure. And um, so they made everything. They did everything. Um, they were very um self-sufficient so i think if we don't teach these kids these things um you know we have to you know right. because you know you never know what's gonna happen you know they can't always be on video games and stuff. no exactly and good good segue from where i left off with daryl which was this culture of immediate gratification that, mm -hmm. that seems to have been pervasively in you know it's indoctrinated into my kids it's i see it among adults now that have gotten oh, sure. overly overly um spoiled effectively with the ability to get anything at a moment's notice without really much effort. I mean, you don't even have to get up anymore. It literally is on your phone. Right. And it's just amazing how, how that's now become just absolutely taken for granted. And there's fairly little work because at some point, and it, it, it'll actually frankly get even conceivably more efficient. And I don't mean to go into a dystopian techno world here but you know inevitably there will be drones that will bring your uber eats order of to course you. of course right? you know, we yeah. did um you know we're having a lot of rain here today we're in sure. Florida, um and so 
my granddaughter actually um, ordered DoorDash for us. We did right? and stuff. <laughs> she did yeah. herself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They do that. So. I mean, look, it's it's a convenient, wonderful thing. You know, in no way am I yeah. trying to sort of suggest that people should forgo it if, if it's available. Wonderful, but at the same right. time, I think as it relates to the topic here, can't forget a certain level of you know competency and mm -hmm. resiliency. To to Daryl's point earlier, and then what Ryan and I were talking about, to be able to make sure this goes back to the original point that you said, which is you are bridging the gap between an era when you had to do fairly hard work to even get minimal results at times. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're very happy with those results. That's the yeah. thing. They were very yeah. satiating. You felt very gratified by the effort you put toward something that ultimately gave you a result. Now mm -hmm. it's just, it's lost a little bit of the flavor that it had. There's just not as much uh, excitement about the accomplishment because it comes too easily uh, because there's a lot of um, enablement that happens to allow that to be the case. Right. Well, you know, um, I, I grew up on my grandparents' heels, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I learned everything from them, how to sew, how to um, do everything. And, um, you know, because, you know, this is one of the biggest compliments I ever had from someone. Um, I was I was a cocktail waitress in a bar and yeah. um, the, the guy actually dated the bartender. She was beautiful. He said, but you know what, if if um, I had to be in a in a, a bunker, I'd like to be there with you. <laughs> that's great <laughs> and i'm like all right <laughs> <laughs> that is a good compliment that's right? an amazing one yeah i can like build things i can use my hands I, I can make things and um you know and we were we had that conversation and uh so it wasn't about me being all that cute it was about <laughs> the fact that you know i could get it done <laughs> i'm sure that was it too wendy believe me i'm sure it was uh, easily adding to the calculus for that guy <laughs> without question but but i gotta say what's interesting is um how do you relate to this topic as as it's you know manifesting in the world we're in now with some of the the macroeconomic situations that are happening the inflation issue the people panicking a little bit about their jobs about their investments right. about their their you know stored wealth i mean people have really dug heavily into their proverbial well of savings now mm -hmm. to where it's depleted and i think that you know i've talked to a lot of folks that are getting very concerned what um and i mean not in any way i'm asking personal uh Sure. You've done, but just conceptually, what, what have you, how have you seen it? How has it affected friends and family of yours? Has it, has it been concerning? Uh, well, we, we kind of try not to panic, you know, we kind of look at things and we measure things out and sure. we're not to panic, you know, cause we know what we've got going on and, you know, we've invested, we're, mm -hmm. we're diversified, all those kind of things. So we kind of just sit back and watch. Sure. And, yeah. And you know, as far as um, my husband and I, well, right now we've merged our, our homes. He's actually uh, taking a little bit of a nap on his chair right now. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're um, I would love to, to get a boat and, and just yeah. sail away, you know, absolutely. Because uh, maybe yeah. that, was, that might be in our plans. You know, I never, you know, we never know because we've always said that, you know, we're in Florida and we know people who do it. So, sure. um, yeah, so that would be heaven to me. I have a very kind similar. Of sail away I have a very similar dream as well. I have this, I have this aspirational idea of probably doing a bit of, of time, like you said, where you are in you know Fort Lauderdale, down through the Caribbean and, and mm -hmm. uh, Eastern Caribbean era, and then and then hypothetically, depending on the size of this vessel, taking it over across the pond and and basically bouncing oh, between Marbella wow. and yeah. South of France and Monaco and and that whole area and the Adriatic. Ultimately, it'd be so right. beautiful. That would be because you can hug the coast there. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, we have friends who do it and, you know, they, 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 you know, they've got some nice boats. And, um, so basically there, there are, um, services that they track them, you know, they're on top of them all the time. So it's not, it's not that dangerous because these services actually monitor you and, um, you know, they're on top of you. They watch you, but, um, I, I had some friends who, um, used to, they did sailboats. They lived on sailboats. They went down because we're around Boca and they would go down, sail, you know, until it became hurricane season. And then they would come back, had a little apartment, stay there and dock their boats. So yep. it's a beautiful life. It, it can be just got to get out there and just do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to ask you what, what's, what's holding you back at the moment? Um, well, for us, you know, we're not quite ready to retire. Sure. <laughs> and sure. so we're, we're still working and um, I got, we got our grandkids here. So right. for now, but we've got a daughter in California. So, you know, when these kids get to the point that they kind of don't want to pay attention to us anymore, <laughs> <laughs> yep, we'll be flying away. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's great. That's a wonderful plan, honestly, because, yeah. you know, I admire some of the folks that I see on, on these channels, you know, like the one Ryan was referring to uh, that, that couple, as well as the one on, on uh, selling the vagabond they've got, they, I mean, look, there's, a, they've done really, they've done a really good job of making sure they're balanced in their, delivery of what really goes into that lifestyle by the way they don't just simply say that everything is wonderful there's no worries everything is absolutely perfect they do say there's challenges without question there's challenges Mm -hmm. you know but weather everything no doubt but there's that trade-off factor right and it's Mm -hmm. it's very similar to this situation that we're talking about which is to put in the effort be willing to get put the commitment and the and the and the and the um uh, energy toward it because the reward is, is truly worth it. And I think that's along the lines of part of what is starting to lo- we're losing sight of it. Kind of what Daryl was referring to, which is being prepared and, and resilient. What you're saying, which is to tr- teach yourself to mm-hmm. be this, ability, have the ability to build and, and repair and, you know, being on a boat, you literally in a perpetual state of repairing your house. Oh, of course. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, especially a sailboat <laughs> oh no doubt right i you know i there's no way i could be as complacent as i am in my own house here where i'm like oh i'll get to that seal on the door that's not doing too right? well yeah. you know never it's get 24 7 kind of thing yeah it is because if you don't you know the thing goes under so mm-hmm. you know you really have to make sure you're you're sustainable that's really really interesting yep well that's awesome well you have to keep me posted of, of when and if I you will. decide to make that leap because i'll tell I you will, what brand and i will be we'll be in tow we'll be following you and we'll get a little nice boat nice caravan we'll, with you guys going we will have fun <laughs> yeah absolutely well, great stuff wendy care. you All too right. good talking to you nice talking to you take care bye-bye take care, wendy. bye Awesome conversation. Let me uh, pop Ryan back on here. And uh, what a great conversation, guys. Thanks so much. This is exactly where I wanted it to go. And going to keep it somewhat short and sweet so we can get this thing uh, under two hours. Hey, Ryan, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I think it's uh, an interesting blend of conversation. I think resilience is a vital component and knowing how to calibrate between um working really hard and also having a balance i think it's not easy for some people they fall into this trap of just being so reactive to everything yes you've got to learn how not to be reactive to things you know i just don't listen to much of the the press i don't listen to much of that because it can make you get all anxious oh entirely Um, and i think i think you know for me i've always thought about going off grid Mm-hmm. Just like being off grid altogether. That's what I particularly. Where, where would you go, Ryan? Would you stay in the UK or would you go somewhere else? Uh, 
I'd probably, I would probably, <laughs> I probably would stay. Yeah. But I probably just somewhere. Oh, oh, um, no, I don't know. Cotswold, Bath, someplace like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I just don't think I like the. <clears throat> I don't like the, the way that people behave around just living. Everyone's upset and aggressive and. Right. You know, yeah. And I like. What's your problem? Like yeah. seriously, you can't. I'm not investing any energy in this. And right. I think yeah, for definitely you know getting a camper van, like a big camper van. Yeah. For me, would be like a great one. Um, I'd probably want to get this couple to build me something because they, <laughs> yeah. they, they look brilliant. They look very glamorous and, right. um, and they can just kind of build, build it, build the cabin for me. But I just think it's, I think it's a great idea. And I think I've always kept things very simple in my mm -hmm. life. I've, I've, I've had to, I've had to just the yeah. way it had to be. And Wendy, I know she works so hard and you know, I've done it. I, I'm still doing it. You know, I could never, I don't know what it's like not to um, just have peace. Yeah, that is, that's interesting. You know, look at that. Look, something that you would assume is a fundamental base <laughs> concept that you should be able to be, effectively be entitled to. But, but certainly if, if not that, at least seek it and find it. But, yeah. you know, you bring up a really good point because, you know, I, I don't live n nearly in the sort of city life that you're in with, with London. Mm. I understand that. Look, I love big cities. No question. Right. Lived in New York, li lived in London for a period of time as well. Right. I think I told yeah. you that I lived in Kensington. Yeah, yeah you did. Um, but, but the key thing is that while I enjoyed it, there was this constricting, you know, pressurizing feeling that yeah. didn't allow me to kind of just decompress from, from, yeah. from some of it. So I, I feel the pain there. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Um, do you have uh, an escape zone? Yeah, my home. Maybe you don't live there, but yeah. where's that? Your my head? Home. My home. Oh, your home. Okay. My house. I was going to say your that's head. Where, not, I, I like my house. So I. Well, that's you know, good. I, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I keep it real. I, good. you know, I, I really like my own company. And you know, as much good. as I do things public, yeah. I really like my own company. And I don't, um, so I, I've got peace and quiet and I make it ambient and nice. So that's all good. Sure. Um, but I, I'm very conscious about, uh, protecting my mental health and my well-being because, um, I can always sense when I go out to sort of an event. So if I'm doing a big award ceremony or something like that, it's yeah. quite intense because people have expectations and so on and so forth. So I always, they always say, you know, how are you doing? How are you doing? You're right. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm, I'm absolutely fine. Let's just, let's just do it. I slow it down. I don't make it into anything. And I, and I'm conscious of that. If I go into like, heavy meetings, I'm, I've just, I know what I'm going to talk about. I don't stress about it because I've done the work. I've done the planning. It's fine. That's and, good. and I just, I just make sure I'm prepared for, for what I'm going into. So my life flows as opposed to me reacting to things or, you know, if I, if I feel like I'm out of it or something's not working, then I will ultimately change the, the plans so that I'm ready for that opportunity. Um, but yeah. I don't, I don't walk around stressing about every single thing. I just That's don't good. do that. That's good. I, I, and I like this because I'm transposing a lot of what you're saying and what everyone else has said on this mm. to this, because like mm. thirst, thirst is interesting because, you know, thirst <laughs> is one of those things where, as you know, I need it, water. It, I need water. 
Well, yeah. And well, here's what's interesting about it is that thirst is one of those interesting concepts that it's extremely gratifying to have a good glass of water when you're really thirsty. There's a, there's a a beauty to that, right? But you also, it can be debilitating. It can be, as I said, it can be create panic. It can create Mm -hmm. lack of focus. It can do a lot of other things that can be very, very dangerous and debilitating. So I do Mm -hmm. like that the angle of this conversation is that it's it's moving but you toward also have some really good angles in your your what you say mm-hmm. lots of things that you do i would say i mean i do see people sort of stressing like oh you know what's going to happen to the economy you know God, sure. God. and i'm like but we are human beings we are very very um strong in what we do and how we operate and how we adapt and we forget how adaptable we are right um i've always said to myself ever since i knew like two and a half years ago when the pandemic was going on, I just knew I had to kick in with the, had to become master chef again in my yes. life. Yes. Yes. Well said. That's a good one, actually. Yeah. Become the mas- yeah. master chef of your life. That's a good one. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I've got that. I haven't, I haven't got trademarked, but I'm going <laughs> to. You should. Well, that should be an entire chapter at, at, at Matt's conference. What? Yeah, exactly. M A T C, Matt's conference. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'll see something else on LinkedIn as well. Okay, I'll take a look. Um, and um, I do think, yeah, to be the master chef of my life, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I can cook pretty much anything. It's not a problem. Um, mm-hmm. And I can cook with the, the, the smallest of things and make something fantastic and amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I can go really on full on. Um, but I don't, I don't overthink. And I think people who don't know how to cook should always learn how to cook. That's, sure. one, that's one powerful thing. Learn how to use the very minimal and create something amazing with it. Well, it's, um, it's it's funny you say that because we're you, know, you caught I'm sure you caught the part of the conversation with Wendy where I was I talking did. about the the immediacy culture, right? Mm-hmm. Where this sense mm-hmm. of, of immediacy is needed and this immediate mm-hmm. gratification problem that I think is pervasive. Yeah, they won't, that won't, you can't you can't survive in a world that that's constantly changing. If you think that way, that's right. You have to learn how to start, um, you know, and you save money if you're cooking. That's right. Oh you, yeah, absolutely. You're saving huge amounts of money from, you know, the, rather than you know buying, you know, takeaways and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. So I, so I do think that in order to, in order to actually find your, your well, I think sometimes people have to go through a bit of hardship. Um, to to discover what that well actually was. And That's we exactly it, right. When you know what it was. Then you know how to access it, and from there on, you're able to cultivate a place where you're you're never digging for the well, but the well's always flowing upwards yes. and, and outwardly. That's that's well said, you know. And it's interesting because <laughs> in the, the desert, in the, well done. The desert, um, you know, has a, a plethora of plants that you probably know that that have yeah. a lot of roots that store water and. Yeah. And, and they, they, they're almost, I'm not trying to suggest that they're not lifesavers temporarily, but yeah. they, they provide a false sense of security to, to survivalists because yeah. the idea is that, well, you know, as long as I can find that plant and I can survive for another day. Yes. Certainly. Mm. If you're in a really mm. extreme circumstance, desert mm. Island, you know, or castaway kind of thing. Sure. Mm. But the problem with it is if you live from one you know, water rooted plant to the next, you're essentially Mm -hmm. leaping, you're gambling with the concept. You're not going and finding this reservoir that will forever, not well, proverbial forever, you know, but, but replenish itself inherently because once you're done with that root of that plant, you got to find another one. 
Well, but I, think, I, I mm-hmm. think it's it's finding your your purpose or your direction in life. So I think exactly that's where the find because I what I do I'm always being replenished. The Matt's conference replenishes me because I nice. know what what what, what happens when yeah. people begin to realize that they're not alone in their in their in their challenges um and to serve humanity is a powerful thing it, you know mm-hmm. you're giving back you're using what you've been given to um transform people's lives for me all of what i do is all about giving I, away i really and, like what you just said ryan because uh, in the last and i've got i've got kristen brown i got dr Rao, yes. it's gonna be great but i've got to say this because you said something so important relates to you specifically among other folks here but the, the well doesn't serve you alone that no, you dig it doesn't <laughs> no. yeah. it serves other people and that's mm-hmm. how you know that your that your well will always be will never will never flow dry it will always be um, right. flourishing um so there you are there you have it so, um, <laughs> well done <laughs> that's my always friend. brilliant isn't it <laughs> great stuff great stuff well if we don't talk later on have a wonderful yeah. evening but otherwise we'll catch you in a little bit okay bro thanks ryan Great soon. stuff. Bye. Well, we got a couple other wonderful folks. I've got Kristen Brown and then Dr. Rao. I haven't talked to him forever. Both of Kristen and, and, and Dr. Rao. So I'm going to bring Kristen up and then Dr. Rao, if you could please hang tight. I'd love to catch up with you. It's been a long time. And here we go. Kristen. Kareem, how are you? <laughs> well, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Good. I've just been flitting in and out of this talk because I'm editing a chapter right now and I'm like, oh, I want to listen. No, don't listen. <laughs> listen don't listen you know so no i'm worries. kind of all over the place with what your topic is about because it's sure. kind of jumped around it was so intended maybe that you way. reset a little bit for me yeah absolutely and it did it did it did go in a lot of interesting areas that you know as as expected we got a bunch of folks that brought some really interesting concepts originally i wrote this uh because i've heard this line i didn't certainly didn't come up with it but i've heard dig the well before you're thirsty probably like four or five times over the last several weeks which is interesting because it's this resurgence of the it's, it keeps showing up in, you know, in front of me in different places. And the more I started to think about it, the initial time I, I heard it, well, relatively speaking, I was like, oh, this is the classic parable of, you know, the grasshopper ant thing, you know, make sure you prepare, don't procrastinate, blah, blah. And then I started to think more about it. And it was interesting because it's less about this stockpiling and preparation for, you know, dark times per se. It's more about find the reservoir that is going to forever sort of keep you in a state of of wellness and, and oddly enough excuse the pun but keep you from going into a state of of deterioration right i thought that right. was really interesting because as it relates to more of a career path perspective and i'll be keen to get your perspective on it on a metaphysical level and an emotional level and then dr ralph certainly will add to that you know it, people dig at things they hit a certain amount of of, of success then they kind of get frustrated, they start digging another hole entirely in a totally different place. They never finally get to kind of the end, they never get to that fully developed reservoir for themselves that they feel is this sacred thing to keep for them. And I say for themselves, but I want to juxtapose it against what Ryan just said. He's digging a well to feed others besides himself, which I think is wonderful. And I think that's an incredibly powerful thing because then you have a tribe supporting something that keeps all of you nourished in some ways so this landed in a really pretty deep place pretty quickly um but (laughs) it started in a in a fairly you know kind of just observational state where i'm like wow people are really getting worried now they a lot of people feel like they don't have 
a well to draw from in darker times that are coming, at least that what people believe are coming. Oh my gosh. So this is super juicy and there's so mm -hmm. many ways I could come at this <laughs> and it yeah. is wisdom. So there you go. That's why it went in that position. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, literally physically speaking in Arizona where I live, we're, our water is drying up. <laughs> so, mm. you know, my husband, oh my goodness. Have, yeah. You know, there's a couple states that are affected a little bit of, um, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so we've been talking about that. So that's just the physical material world kind of aspect of this. But what I'm, what I'm hearing when you're talking about this is, is of course I do relationship stuff and um, self-love and worthiness things. Right. And this is what I'm seeing right away. I'm like, yeah, that's what people do. It's like they're in one relationship and it's they're getting a little bit of something from it. And yep. they, yeah, it's not quite getting it. So I leave and I go to another one and they repeat these patterns over and over again. Exactly. Because I deal a lot with the people pleasing aspect of things. And what it really boils down to is that we have to fill our own well first, period. Well said. And then once that thing is filled, then that we are full. Yep. We are full. So we're not thirsty to for others to fill this void inside of us because we filled it ourselves. And we we really literally good. right. We literally yeah. become the best possible partner and mother and parent and friend and person we can be because we're full. That's really good. That's such a really good angle that we you did not miss any of that. You brought it to the table on this one because Okay. We had, I'd been going into this concept of kind of pursuit of things. And I like that you're, and Daryl did touch on that, you know, the spring, the wellspring within yourself, yes. that, you know, is a key that the people forget. They tend to keep looking externally for things and they do start to get desperate. And I think that's yes. what's interesting. I like the word thirsty because, you know, while there's, there's a positive thirsty, there's also a negative one that tends to be a little bit like there's, there's this panic setting in and yes. people tend to get in a very codependent, codependent state when they, when they're in a, they're thirsting for someone else's validation or love. Yeah. And yeah, they're not seeking it for themselves within themselves. And uh, that's a really good point, Kristen. Yeah. Thank you. I, I think that, that we need to normalize the words needy and desperate because yeah. they've gotten such a terrible rap but the thing right. is there's so many of us that are walking around needing and desperate because we have not healed our unworthiness yeah and we don't even know it and That's we're right. walking around just going from thing to thing to thing just trying to get these these hits of approval like an addict yes you know just to sustain us for another day but what many people don't know is that when we start to give this to no when we not start we even start but when we give this to ourselves consistently, that needy and desperation falls away. I'm a living example of this. I didn't walk around like a stage five clinger or stock or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. But I, but I did have that, that feeling inside of me, like somebody is going to make me feel good eventually. Sure. And that never happened until the tsunami happened and my life fell apart. And then I finally said something's wrong. And I discovered that it was me not giving it to me. You know, I, I got to ask you this as it relates to the relationship piece, because it just struck me as, as, again, kind of looking at the visual around this concept of digging a well before you're thirsty. You know, one of the things that's interesting is, and look, I even have a 16-year-old son that's grappling with a girlfriend challenges and whatnot. And, you know, I'm trying to advise him to the best of my ability, remembering all those years back. But what's interesting is that there's this classic art, almost over science, when it comes to literally this, which is how much do you commit to digging that hole or committing into something before you realize you're really just going to keep hitting dry dirt before you say time to move on and find another area that might actually 
be be the right thing because it's hard i'm notoriously bad at this which is mm -hmm. i will dig and dig and dig and dig <laughs> and dig and it's like all of a sudden i'm coming out of the other side of the planet and i'm like huh <laughs> better start digging You're another China. hole yeah <laughs> and you know thankfully i do have people that keep me grounded like brandy who's like okay stop digging ridiculous you know yeah. and yeah. let's let's try another area you know and, and that's good but i'm one of those people now i'm not I can't say I've done that so much with relationships, but I do know people that do, to your point. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's hard to say stop because you need to go find another place before you're really de debilitated. And well, I think that's an interesting place to be. Yeah. yeah the, you know, many people don't change until the pain gets overwhelming. Right. Until the pain is, is greater than the fear of change. Interesting. Well said. Yeah. So yeah. it had like to happen to me, but it happens to a lot of people because once I come up with a concept or I learn a concept, I research, like I look around in the world and see, is there evidence of this or not? Mm -hmm. So a lot of these things that I talk about, they're just from me, my cures that I've done just with human beings my entire life. Sure. And right. And so, um, it's like, a, it's like a toothache, Kristen. It's like, eventually you'll go to the first dentist that you yes. can find. <laughs> You, yeah. You're just like, yeah, it kind of hurts, but it's okay. And it yeah. kind of hurts, but, but pretty soon you're like, I can't, I can't do with this anymore. I have to figure out a way, yeah. which, you know, which is exactly what I did. But a lot of people aren't willing to change and, and that are not willing to, to take that step into the unknown, which is really what it is because we want to be safe and secure. We're wired that way. Right. So we keep thinking this person is going to keep us safe and secure when really this person might be the one that's literally keeping us unsafe and unsecure. Well you know, well yeah, so, but I also believe in that everybody's on their own path and we sometimes we have to sit by and watch and just be that person that's really supportive and says, you know, you're worth better than this or, you know, whatever it is mm -hmm. in the appropriate time. And I, I believe we should let our intuition lead that yeah. when, we're, when we're speaking with people, because if they feel supported and they feel like they know this is what love looks like and this is not what lo love looks like, sure. they're going to draw that parallel faster than if we're going, get out, get out, because we yeah. human beings don't want to be told what to do. No, it's true. And it's interesting. <laughs> it, it almost begs the question that people to, to kind of alter this, this title here a little bit, figure out where to dig the well before you are thirsty, right? Because if you start committing in a direction, it, it can be problematic because, you know, depending on your personality, like you said, you sort of get committed to something that is really hard to relent on. Because, you know, if you're stubborn as a being or you've gotten into a place where you think that, like you're, to your point, you feel that person is your source of fulfillment yes. when they're not. And it's really do, do you mind? Really do you mind if I respond to that with two minutes? I'll be right back and then I'll Please hang. do. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Hang on, Dr. Rao. <laughs> I bring Kristen back on just to, because that's, she's definitely zeroing in on something really important here when it comes to, uh, you know, the whole concept of, of fulfillment. You're back. Yeah. So unfortunately for a lot of us, we don't even know what fulfillment looks like. Mm -hmm. So it's this really weird catch 22 because we don't really know. But if we go inside, if we get really quiet and say, is it this, what I'm dealing with, with this person, is it this? Right. There's a part of us that's going to say, no, it's not. Sure. This is not right. So we have to get, you know, we have to be radically honest with ourselves, which is, you know, the ego's game is to lie to us mm -hmm. and it's the loudest voice in the room. So it's always going to be, oh, no, no, you may be fair. You know, it's going to give us all this, 
junk and we're going to listen to it. But if we can just quiet and say, is this what I want? Yeah. And you go, it really isn't. Okay. Then we have right. to drum, you know, summon up the courage to, to try for something different. That's exactly it. That's yeah. really well said. That's awesome, Kristen. Well, I think Thank you. if you got time and good luck writing this chapter and, uh, you know, you, my friend. you got it. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye, dear. Bye. All right. Awesome conversation. I've got Dr. Rao coming up and then I got Jason B. Let's see here. All right. Three, two, one. Dr. Rao, how are you, my friend? Oh, can you hear me okay? There we, there go. we go. How are you? I'm well, I'm well my friend. My... How are you doing? I am great. You know? <laughs> Good to hear your voice. Yeah, a couple of things come to mind, uh, Karim. You know, mm -hmm. uh, first of all, you know, this uh, scarcity of the water and all that, if you take the broad picture, it's kind of uh, because we are so much oriented to the external and then inequality and so many countries right now suffer from the water. So that's a different yeah. ecological, more like um, resource uh, using and all that. But right. I want to turn something else. Why are we so dependent on only external things versus mm -hmm. the internal? That's uh, my focus of examination of the civilizations as a whole right mm -hmm. so when you go to the study of uh, there was one poem that really illustrates this very well suppose uh, you have nectar of, uh, or the immortal nectar that is they call amrut right mm -hmm. and that kind of river is flowing and you're back to it you are not able to see it at all right but then you are thirsty so you are digging in the sand in front of you because you never are aware or uh, looking at the, uh, you know, the nectar that's going behind you in a river. See, that is the state of affairs when we are so much oriented to the outward and then neglect the what is really inward, inner resilience or inner happiness and all of that. And when you look at that, that's really true, you know. That's very uh, true. Yeah. Yeah, very true. And then once you turn that with intuition and feel it, find it, and establish yourself, there is a saying that I remember all the time, even a couple of hours ago also I remembered because yeah. keep your attention or attention has to be always poised on your inner self. Mm-hmm. That's kind of separate from this thought mechanism, emotional, all those things. Because once you are there, this all kind of comes to standstill. That's right. And, and I think as it relates to that, and I know you're probably getting there, but I will get your opinion on this. Yeah. The wellspring from the internal self, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure that's exactly where you're going with this, which is to, and Kristen said this in so many words, which is this yeah. desire to source this um this this fulfillment from another being yeah. an external source whether it's literal water or proverbial water or metaphysical or metaphorical water your point is that it's this re returning to the self finding the wellspring within yourself yeah. 
How, no, do, you, not, how do you begin that? It's yeah. not something that is springing up or anything. It is mm -hmm. just there and you get sure. in touch with it. Description of it is one thing. Being in that all the time is another thing. See, our uh, uh, if you take the Vedas way back when they wrote them, they described a, a river called Saraswati. And mm -hmm. it was uh, even uh, Google Photos now shows you that a, a big river that has dried up completely, you know. But there was a civilization around the river at the time. Why it has uh, gone up, there are theories like over farming and all of that. Now they are exactly. some of these uh, other rivers are going too. But the essential thing is human beings' bodies come and bodies go and all that, but that inner being is always there. That's right. Once you are exactly. established in that, these materialists and all that, they will have their, uh, uh, you know, um, the need and uh, uh, that can evolve into something emergency and all that. But while you are alive, how much you are embedded in that feeling realization. You know, and it's interesting, Dr. Rai, I always like to do this with you specifically. I've done it several other chats you and I have had, which yeah, is yeah. to juxtapose your MD experience yeah. <laughs> with your spiritual Dr. Rao, the spiritual yeah. Rao. Yeah. Because at some point in your life, I have to, I'm making assumptions, so please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. You certainly were looking at things in an extremely logical, scientific way. Oh, yeah. That, that, that sort of, this is an individual that's dehydrated. Literally, this was probably something you've dealt with in yeah. your career. Oh, yeah. So As it, right? And now what's interesting is that you may still see that, you know, you're still a doctor ultimately from a, from a medical standpoint, but you view it in a very different angle from the perspective that that individual could very well have not gotten into the predicament they're in based on the way they would have dealt with themselves in a more effective manner on a, on a deeper internal level. Is that, would you, would you agree with that? Karim, the modern medicine, we only heal people very limited way. You know, we mm -hmm. kind of see symptoms of, you know, we made a lot of progress on a lot of front, but still we got way, way over illness and both physically, mentally too, chronic disease, outcomes, yes. you know, you know, all that. So all that made me to see why there was so much vitality, longevity, and uh, really um, uh, lasting for a lot of years with the firmness in yogis. Fundamentally, yeah. I saw them myself in the, as a child, right? Mm -hmm. And there was one, this, this Sadhguru's uh, guru, uh, his teacher was uh, firm like a 30-year-old at the age of 85, 90, something. He said he had an experience. They have this uh, big well uh, in the front, uh, in, the, in his uh, uh, grandfather's place. These kids go, they're all 13, 14, like that. They're really built well, but they yeah. jump really deep into the river, into the well, which is shallow, really, um, in that way. But then they go and uh, jump in, and then they climb up without any ladder on the bricks. So wow. they, they thought, oh, we're doing very well. But then this uh, very old man comes, and he jumps with them. He comes up first, more than all the other kids. That is what made uh, Sadhguru take up yoga because that man was doing 10,000 sun salutations. If I can do 10, 15, I will be grateful, you know? Sure, yeah. <laughs> He's doing so much, right? And yeah. that's the power of, then it intrigued me, not only that story, but a lot of other stories. 
where I was presented again and again that these people found this abundance of happiness within the joy and then they did not pursue happiness outside. But they did not stop being creative. They were excellent poets, excellent literature people, sculptors and all of that. So sure. I wanted to find out what that was uh, as a scientific person, right? But then I discovered a lot of our applied science is not really science. The people who invent, create like uh, mathematics or whatever, um, they somebody's uh, creating a new program, they may be creating that. But everybody else, we are adopting that, right? That's the yes. kind of thing. But if you look at that way, then they have a lot more knowledge about our inner body, which is testimonial. Because I'm 67, yep. I don't take any medications and I just, uh, uh, no drugs, no, um, you know, alcohol, anything like that, right? But I'm saying the quality of life improved after that insight. Dr. Rao, would you, would you, do you believe, Yeah. had you not altered your path, but it sounds like, well, let me, uh, let me, let me re re retract my question before I go there. At what point did you lead a dual pursuit, which was this very empirical scientific pursuit of being a medical doctor? coupled with oh, your spiritual? It's not dual, it's kind of understanding each uh, perspective. I'm still a modern doctor, I'm still a yogi. Uh, so it's not a question of we have to divide, you know what it does divide that? Our logical cognitive thinking. Mm. But that should not dominate us to, if we, if we dominate like that, what it is is we'll close ourselves to the new findings we can discover. So I'm yeah. still, still modern still logical, still cognitive, but knows the limitations of that and fortunate enough to discover inner riches. Exactly. And did this did this happen to you throughout your life in, in a parallel state is my point. I, I, I'm with you. I 100% yeah. agree with you. It's that still, not, it's yeah. still uh, like that, but it's more consolidated within now. Nice. Very interesting. But I do that modern life. The other day, some people came and we had everything like a modern, uh, you know, family friends come, we dine and we did not wine because I don't do that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, uh, uh, they were not able to look into the deep things uh, that I would like to have because right. they came up with problems, right? Yeah. And then simple thing, they could not put their phone away for two to three days. Uh, yeah, this is a classic <laughs> case. I know we're going to lose you here, Dr. Rao. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stopping point. But um, he's always interesting to talk to. He always brings up some amazing concepts here. I've got three other folks here um, that I'm going to bring on. I've got Jason, Mark Childs, and Energy Lady. I've got Nancy. Awesome. Let me bring uh, Jason up here. And uh, what I'm probably going to do, guys, just for context, is probably once we have these folks up, I'm going to I'm going to wrap it. Hey, Jason, how's it going, buddy? Oh, there you are. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. Excellent. Sorry, I, might, I might have had a little bit of bad signal, but um, dig the well before you're thirsty. You know what I relate that to? What I've been raised around farming. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't cultivate enough for yourself, let alone your your family, then you're never going to dig. For, you're never going to want to dig for the well. Sure. So you dig for the well, you know, and then you can apply this to relationships. You can rely it to food, your necessities, you know, in our modern societies. Keywords, societies, not just one, several. Our modern right. societies have have averted taking responsibility of looking to survive and thrive. Both. 
right. those companions work in or integrated in your lifestyle. But because we have so many options, now that those options are, let's just say, being whittled away from the current events to the costs of our responsibility, like anywhere from not knowing how to cook or look, looking someone in the eye, not knowing what manners are, or, you know, why would I need to respect somebody's beliefs or their position? Well or said. Not saying, having opinions about things where you don't know anything about. Yeah. You know, validation doesn't necessarily come from the need of your attention. Validation comes from the experience that you're sharing. I got something interesting for you, Jason, as it relates to this. that I haven't asked any other guests yet, but I think it's a good one. Um, Do you believe that there is a prerequisite to be thirsty before you dig the well for the motivation to do so? Or do you believe that you can con, not you specifically, but you believe there is a, and again, we're getting into kind of this philosophical chicken and egg scenario. People generally are reactive beings, right? As we all would probably agree. And that's, what's so interesting about this is that this is very contradictory to human nature, which is to take action prior to a desire. You're ready to go into the gym now. You're really ready for that. You're ready for that conversation, right? Let's let's do it, man. Because I, I won't be merciful on this one. Go for it. You know, so you're born thirsty. Mm-hmm. You're born thirsty. You're born hungry. You come mm-hmm. out of your mama's womb, either you're wanting a tick or you're wanting something to get in your mouth. Mm-hmm. It's innate to you. Once you're once your existence out in the air, there's feelings, experiences, and so the trick is, it's like as we get older and start to fend for ourselves from adolescent toddler or infant toddler to teen to adult, you've forgotten what your needs were. Your Mm. basic needs are food, shelter, and sleep. And the last one, companionship. And I leave that specifically companionship last because as you separate from the parental model that takes care of you, you have a void. And so that void teaches validation. Your purposes are within your validations, your experiences and your trust, your truth, subjective as they are, they lead the way. But see, we think we know better. Mm -hmm. People will say things like, I don't need a man or I don't need a woman. I don't need to be in a relationship. I don't want to get married. Great. I'm glad you specified that those are not your needs. Right. So now let's get down to the really nit and gritty of the business part. You're finding your purpose, working within what you actually do. You are satisfied every day, believe it or not. Once you hit that bed and you are, your eyes are closed, you are completed for that day. Mm-hmm. But see, the illusion thinks, well, I need to plan. I need to strategize. You're acting like a fool. Straight up. You're acting like a fool and you think by being philosophical all day and strategizing so that you won't offend somebody because you're still trying to seek and fool the the game, the poker game of validation and living. You think that your cards and you know what the other person is going to bring to the table and just saying, hey, welcome to the table. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, where, where you're going with this is that and are you talking about something that has become more pervasive today based on okay it is more pervasive today right agreed and how does how does one 
and I mean, sort of, sort of going where Dr. Rao's saying it, which is, of course, back to the simplicity of things. What is the return back to these these essentials? The understanding of these basic needs that provide that motivation. Now you're tackling on the egocentric predicament, which is why are we here? Mm -hmm. You won't get that answer. Only you're going to answer that when you towards your end. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, it's not something that's easily answered, but, you know, finding fulfillment has always been a part of my life's journey. Always. I understood like, uh, Hey, I've worked with farmers, ranchers. Let me tell you when you're, when you're watching and when you're bringing in a herd of cattle to be slaughtered, so you can sell them for high dollar, there's gotta be an understanding that relationship with the animal to the ground, your, your ranch, you mm -hmm. know, to the supplier, the slaughterhouse people go into the grocery store for example and they look at they look at meat packaged in plastic yeah they never thought the respect that what it goes into it oh, it's a decoupled from the ecosystem entirely right. right and i gotta refer to the movie avatar when uh you know when the guy accidentally killed like some kind of panther thing and she's like you fool why did you kill that don't you have respect for it right. and she she killed it in the end and thanking it for its journey. And sure. that's, that comes from an indigenous perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, that's close to the earth. So it gets down to what Dr. Ralph says, the basics, the essentials. But, you know, we don't always have to get dipped. This is why we have to do activity. You can't sit all day behind a screen. You can't be looking at your phone all day. For men, I tell men, hey, offset your lifestyle with getting mechanical, getting physical, work with the dirt, work with mechanics, fix stuff so that sure. you can alleviate the pressure of analysis. That's right. That's exactly right. You know, it's interesting because a lot of, and I, I don't know if you heard the very beginning of this conversation, which was that this is a, a line I've been hearing sort of repeatedly over the last several weeks. I, ironically, you know how it goes. You'll, you'll get this. It's a little bit like when you see a Volkswagen, you see them everywhere. Uh, right. you know, you get in your head and it's, it sort of clicks every time you see it. Same thing with this line. And it's, it's interesting because obviously uh, on the surface, it's, it's quite straightforward, right? It's very much the whole parable of the ant and the grasshopper approach, which is prep and don't procrastinate and blah, blah, blah. But then there's this whole nation notion of things, which you just said, which I think is different than what's been talked about on this chat so far, which is that you're, you said we are born thirsty. Yeah. Which is interesting because then by definition, just paradoxically, there's no way you're getting ahead of that. You're in that state from the, yep. from the get go. And I think what's interesting as it relates to other parts of this conversation, I don't know if you heard or not, you, I'm sure you have, I'm assuming so just as a, as a, as a grown man, as, as I am, yeah. we've, we've dug into the ground, hoping to find a, something of value whatever that proverbial ground was and probably hit pavement and done it again and hit pavement and maybe had a few wins along the way, a little deeper than the pavement, but then it still wasn't that wellspring we're looking for. And I think that pursuit is interesting because it can be exasperating. Yeah, it can be and exhausting. I, exactly. And I think that's what's really gotten to a lot of folks that I talk well, with. Well, I talked lately. about this on my show yesterday, you know, you did? when to yeah. quit it and when to stick in it. Yeah, stick it. Exactly. And it's on my YouTube and and the way that's like when you quantify what's going on in modern times, people are trying to navigate out of responsibility. Not all people, but this is why family is so important. Sense yep. of self is so important. You can't exactly. escape that.
Exactly. No one's self-made. You know, That's just right. like yes, the other day we we're talking about a book you're reviewing. Yeah. And I've I've slowly digested why because I understood what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, "Oh, well, I think this thing might be cool, and it might make my whole life better." We said mm-hmm. that about pagers, then cell phones. It's going to make our lives so much easier, <laughs> right? And then who's the dependent? The cell phone or us? Oh yeah, total slave. Freak to out it. if you if do you freak out when you lose your phone and you can't find it? Oh Is yeah, there a I mean, sense of panic. The, the, we have become complete slaves to our reliance on technology fundamentally and, and things, things, not even necessarily technology alone. You know, we were talking about this earlier, younger, you know, I'm part of this, this generation of becoming complacent and rel- and, and lazy to cook my own dinner. I'll order it. That's Awful. why I'd be the kind of guy to invite you cream out to, Hey, look, we're going hunting. You want to come? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. You know, that's getting primal. It's getting yeah. close to you. What you started out with. Yeah, so absolutely. You got to appreciate it. My time's going to expire, but uh, awesome, Jason. I'm out to listen. Great conversation, brother. Thank you again for joining. I've got. It uh, looks like we lost Mark Childs here. He might have popped off for a little bit, but I got Nancy and oh, there's Mark. I guess he was just hiding under the under the thing. So I'm going to bring Mark on, then Nancy, and then probably going to wrap this just so you guys, uh, so I can keep this thing small enough that I can actually get the entire download. You know, as you know, we lose this uh, lose bits of it uh, when uh, when you go over. I think a two hour mark. So. Uh, oh, Mark might have dropped off here. Bring uh, Nancy on here, and then hopefully he'll join back in, and we'll get a last word out of Mark here. But uh, great conversation, guys. And again, this is one that I'm going to put in my wisdom sessions on my actual podcast. Hey, Nancy. Hey, I haven't talked to you in forever. I was actually I was actually talking to Mark, and we saw you come up, so we both wanted to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm honored. Uh, well, great. Uh, to talk you know to what? I talk forever. You know. Um, yeah. first thing I want to do is I reach out to you on link, LinkedIn. I need some help with Instagram and everybody says you're going to be able to help me. So please just see okay. my note out there. Just please. I will. Da- I will take a look. I have, I need, I, I definitely have to go to LinkedIn for a variety of folks. So I will do well, that. Absolutely. I'm just yeah. saying, I don't want to put this in your whole podcast. So, th- you know, Appreciate what you're that. doing right now. Yeah, no, so, <laughs> that's it. My, that's my take. <laughs> You'll understand. Um, but I was talking to Mark cause we saw this title come up. And how yeah. interesting is it? I don't know anything about it. Mark mm-hmm. and I were talking, so I wasn't even 100% listening. Can you give me a little perspective? I know yeah. you've been talking to people, but if you can no, give me No, sure. No, no, great, great context. And, and believe me, every time I've, I've shared this, people have had an immensely interesting, varied view of, of the topic. So this all came about because I've been hearing this phrase for weeks now. They've, it's just been, it's been showing up. I was joking with Jason a second ago. It's like when you kind of see a Volkswagen and you kind of see them everywhere after a while mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. similar mm-hmm. situation here right where i heard this and originally when i heard the, the line it was fairly straightforward i'm like all right this is kind of the classic you know ants toiling ants and lazy grasshopper parable you know just make sure you prepare for dark times or winters and all that which i thought was you know fairly straightforward but then the more i started to think about this as it relates to the times that we're in now and how this is less about a preparation and a stockpiling per se, right? This is more about identification of a reservoir of some kind, something that will provide and maintain you and replenish you while you maintain it. So there's definitely an ecosystem thing to Jason's point, which I think is very accurate because there's, there is this cyclical nature to something like a well, which is really fascinating. It's not just simply digging for gold. This is digging for something that actually is part of a much broader cyclical thing 
well, certainly a cyclical thing that we can see within our own lifetime. Let's put it that way. And I, I thought it was interesting because, you, you know, you can start taking that and spreading it across all manner of things, Nancy, whether it's career. God knows I've dug into the ground trying to find something and been tenacious and hit pavement and done it again. And I hit rock and done it again and hit a piece of stone. And then I was like, ah, and then started getting exasperated. And then finally, you know, dug down where I started getting past other areas I'd never been before. I got past that certain strata that I couldn't ever really kind of breach in the past. And then I had some success. Then I saw the welling up of, the, of, the, of that effort. And it's interesting because a lot of people grapple with that. And I think, you know, as it relates to this term thirsty, thirsty, obviously, you know, you can use this as a, a sort of parallel term to a, a little bit of, of, of concern, you know, maybe even some panic that's starting setting in. Because, you know, thirst does turn into dehydration that can turn into death. And so it's an interesting place to be, to be wanting to source some sort of replenishment. Kristen brought up a relationship side of it, which is seeking it in others rather than yourself, similar to Dr. Rao. So that's a recap of kind of what people have talked about on this so far. Um, I've asked everyone that's jumped up in the seat, how do they feel and see this through the lens of what's happening on a macro level today? I mean, everything from you know, the possible dark times ahead financially, people have kind of taken the reservoir of their savings and they've reduced it down to nothing and it's not replenishing itself. It's not a well, it's simply a bucket and it's a very different animal. And you know, uh, this, this blows yeah. me away, Kareem, because cool. it blows me away because <clears throat> Mark just blew my head off and it was just through conversation because that's how I process. <laughs> that's how I yeah. process. Sure. And just like what you're saying. And, um, because I had I had to reinvent everything about me um, mm -hmm. when the when the shutdown happened. Um, I thought I had a career. <laughs> yeah. And you just said it. I thought yeah. I did, and then they you know it, it died. So yeah. um, and it didn't die. What I'm being told is reinvent you because you're going too small. Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, you're going too small. I'm living in the smaller world. It's everything you're talking about in my eyes. Because when you when with what you just described, dig a well before you get before you're thirsty. Well, <clears throat> at the same time, you can be thirsty and still be digging a well for yep. something to be deeper. And <laughs> with what Mark just said to me, I mean, he didn't even say it. Okay. <laughs> it was just, I said, whoa, whoa, stop. Because you know, Mark, I love him. Oh, and yeah. we're talking, I'm like, stop. Because I was still staying small. Yeah. There's no way yeah. I can stay small with you. There's no way I can stay small with Mark. Okay. Conversation wise. Right. And I didn't realize it because of what you're saying is society what's happened in my my personal take is society and what's happened in our society didn't happen yesterday because somebody said shut down because we have an illness totally correct it, it it's something that was brewing and yeah. an illness came in to shut us down but it yeah. wasn't a person it was a conglomeration of everything that exists and right. so where is that well? What are we digging? What were we digging? I, I understand it more dealing with illness. I understand it more. And I'm still, <laughs> I've still been tiptoeing. I'm laughing at myself because I have to. <laughs> I'm still tiptoeing. And I'm like, why? Yeah. And I know why. And, and Mark kept saying, well, you know, you're afraid. I'm not afraid. I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because me, I'm everything about energy. And if the energies aren't there and I haven't plugged into that part of me, and this is anybody, but I'm speaking of me, then there's sure. no way I'm going to be able to see it. Because right. the, the socket is, is short-circuiting, and I knew it was. And yeah. here you are, you have this talk, and you just described it. And I'm like, 
this is a continuation of everything that I'm thinking. And it's like, people are like, God, you talk so well. And I'm like, no, I'm talking clear. Yeah. And I yeah. haven't started, Krim. Mm -hmm. That's the part that's amazing to me. Right. And by the way, two people told me to come to you, but you damn well better help me. I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> I'll do my best. I just, no, I, I just got to razz you because you're so straightforward and I love that. And you know, you and I, when you've come on and you've spoken to me, which, you know, it's been a long time. And I know why. It's like, because... This is, this is about creating a foundation that's solid, yeah. which to me is a well, you know, digging. Creating a solid foundation so, like with me, I can walk across that bridge and not think I'm going to fall into the water yeah. um, and drown. And by doing that, the thirst will always be clenched no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. yep. And that's the guidance for living well. You know, you bring up something really important. There's another aspect to a well, unlike I, I, several conversations prior, I brought up this concept that survivalists will teach you if you're in the desert and you're marooned or, you know, you're on a desert island, the key is to go find plants that have root systems that can harbor water in, in very arid environments. That's the whole point of survival, which is to go be able to identify a small little sprout and then dig, 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 dig to get to the root that actually is flush with water. It. Right, right. What's fascinating about this is it's easy to have a sense of uh, false, well, let me be clear, false, especially with the realm of business I'm in, which is around intelligence and security, which is people thrive on a false sense of security all the time, all the time. Uh -huh. I'm usually a really challenging consultant when I roll in because I'll typically tell people, Look, whatever that salesperson told you about the product or the service or whatever you bought, that was to get you to buy it. And they gave you a whole lot of mm -hmm. wrong information about how mm -hmm. effective mm -hmm. it really is. It mm -hmm. might do a certain amount, but it's certainly not the end all be all silver bullet you're looking for. And there is nothing like that, unfortunately. So I tend to be a little bit bleak in that outlook. But what I find very interesting about a well, to your point, you said it really, really well, Nancy, which is that a well is a self, is a, a sense of well-being and comfort that you can go to sleep at night and know tomorrow there's not going to be an evaporated little puddle. This is actually something that's going to find a way to replenish itself due to that cyclical <laughs> system. You've plugged into a cyclical system that is replenishing in its own right rather than something that is transient and temporary, which is the part of, I think, many people in today's world just so sad. They didn't know the difference. They, they, they assumed a puddle of water was the same as a well, which is entirely incorrect. And it let, looked the same at the surface level. You can build little bricks around it and put a little bucket with some string, but that's still a puddle. It isn't actually an ecosystem. Oh my God, you're killing me because you just showed, you just described to me what I was raised in and what I am coming through. And, right. and it's, it's awesome because of the dynamic of our family right now. And mm -hmm. I'm laughing because it is, it's, to me, it's small thinking. And yeah. just so you know, my entire purpose in life is, co is connectivity and playfulness, which right. is connecting to who you are and playfully doing it instead of being so serious. So, right. and it's, and it's deeper and shit. <laughs> because it's just about ourselves. It's all about owning who we are as humans. Right. And I, I just got chills because what I'm laughing at is the source you just described is yep. why every human being is on the planet, which is the source of yeah. energies. Hundred percent. No, and, and I'm living it, and I'm supposed to share this to the world, and I'm like, I'm gonna stay small. I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm just laughing. I just Get think it's there, awesome. So, thank you, thank you. you. I look forward. I'm looking forward to you.
Awesome, Nancy. Well, thank you all for joining this talk. This has been really great. This is a perfect one. It ended on a wonderful note. I'm going to put an intro and outro on it and uh, make sure you guys go check out my actual podcast. It'll be up there today, this evening when I get a chance to edit it. Uh, but in the meantime, have a wonderful evening. And again, thank you for the wonderful conversation, guys. Take care. Bye-bye.